The following presentation has been prepared by the Video Tax News team for Canadian tax and financial professionals. Program recorded August 24th, 2023. Enjoy! Welcome to the September edition of Life in the Tax Lane. Joe, glad you came back. Glad you just didn't leave us forever. Oh, thanks, Caitlin. And thanks for the warm welcome back. I feel just fantastic. Hugh, how are you doing? Joe, I'm just hoping that you're still grateful to be back in about 10 minutes, but uh, <laughs> I can't figure out where the year went already, September 2023. Yep. Uh, anyways, <laughs> why don't we get right into the notes here? The first thing that we want to talk about is surcharge to accept payment by credit card. So in October of 2022, we got new rules which would allow retailers or vendors to be able to charge a little extra amount to cover that credit card fee. The question is, do you have to charge GST, HST on that? And the answer from CRA is no. It would be considered exempt financial service if certain conditions are met. I would hope that most would be able to meet these conditions. They're, they're simpler things like just um, ensuring that the amount is charged separately and the customer can see it, et cetera, and, and that it's only for the use of credit card, those kind of things. Caitlin, you. Well, Joe, I think it was a, a very common sense decision, so I'm surprised we got it, uh, but it does make logical sense. Uh, we did have an interesting case. Uh, this isn't actually technically a tax case in the Alberta corporate law courts, but it was a CRA going to court saying, these guys dissolved their corporation, and as a result, we can't reassess them, and we need to reassess them to collect a tax bill. And the, uh, as you might expect, the former shareholders didn't think it was a good idea to have the corporation come back to be reassessed. So Go figure. The court had to look at this and go, well, any creditor of the corporation has capacity, at least under Alberta law, the rules could be different in other provinces, to force the corporation to be revived so they can enforce their claims. But until you assess CRA, you're not a creditor. So... That sounded pretty good for the old shareholders until the judge said, but I see down here that any interested party can also apply for revival of the corporation. And it seems like that necessary reassessment makes you an interested party. So we can bring the corporation back. Uh, I think I take two lessons from that. One is if you're being told that someone who owes you money, oh, the corporation is dissolved while you still have an option if it's worth going to court to getting it reinstated. Or uh, if you're thinking of dissolving the company to dodge liabilities, I'm not going to work that effectively. No kidding. Really interesting case. Shifting gears a little bit, uh, talking about this multi-generational home renovation tax credit, where we can get that 15% tax credit uh, on up to $50,000 of expenditures if we build kind of like a basement suite, something like that, to toss good people into to live in, in our house. Now, a friend, of me, a friend of mine, I know I actually have a friend, it's amazing, but she actually was asking me about this credit. She was wondering, well, it's not reasonable to build a basement suite in the context of my home right now. So what if we build a brand new home and incorporate a basement suite or a secondary suite as part of the new build could we also get kind of the incremental costs associated with that secondary suite as part of that multi-generational home renovation tax credit now when we first looked at the rules we thought you know i don't think the legislation would allow for it however this month we got commentary from the cra where they said yes we do think those 
incremental cost to build that secondary suite as part of a new build that could very well be eligible under the multi-gen tax credit. So a little bit of a surprising result, mm -hmm. but a fantastic one. Uh, so, so that was a great news this month. Now, and I think that's a reasonable interpretation yeah. from the perspective of don't make them build it and then a year later yeah. renovate the basement. Yeah. But I know CRA was very careful to say you better be able to back up that this was mm -hmm. only the additional cost for the new suite, mm -hmm. not you get to claim 15% of the house because it's 15% of the yeah. floor space. So how do you have those invoices to support that separate separate costs? Yeah, documentation, maybe different bills from the, the builder, mm -hmm. whatever. Those mm -hmm. are the kind of things that help. Yep. So the, the next thing that I wanted to talk about is uh, identifying parties that are registered under the simplified system for GST, HST. Um, some 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 bigger changes. So first of all, a couple years ago, we got new rules that were rolled out, uh, whereby parties could register under the simplified system, mostly parties located outside of Canada. Um, and if they registered under the simplified system and you purchased something for uh, from them, special rules would apply. If you were if the purchaser was a GST HST registrant, I just had to make sure not to pay them GST HST, and everything would be fine. And if I accidentally did, I couldn't claim an ITC for it. Now the big problem was how do we identify if those vendors, those suppliers, were actually registered under the simplified system or the regular system? Well, we've now got a solution to that to make it easier, and CRA is on this. They're making the changes now, but. The those GST numbers, those final digits are getting changed. They're changing from RT00001 to RT9999. So if you see those four nines at the end, you know they're under the simplified system and you got to make sure you get them your GST HST number. So that mm -hmm. can help simplify things a bit. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Joe, I'll tell you who else that's going to simplify things for. The GST auditor will just have to look for those four nines to know that that <laughs> ITC should not have been claimed. So yeah. we got to get registered yeah. with that vendor up front so we don't get charged GST. Yeah. I always figured that once I went to court once, we resolved the issue, short of appeals anyway. And one fight we have a lot with CRA is, are all those people I engaged as workers for my business independent contractors like we thought? Or are the employees? And I was supposed to withhold CPP and EI and file T4s and all that wonderful stuff. We see that a lot in court in the tax area. And we just recently saw a case where the uh, business had won. These people were not employees. They probably felt it was all wrapped up. That's what I would have thought. Then the workers said, now let's go talk to the BC Court of Appeal because we think we're still employees under employment standards law. And the conclusion from the BC Court of Appeal was, I don't care what the tax court said, they're looking at the Tax Act. I'm looking at the BC Employment Standards Act. And by those definitions, these people are employees. So I guess that would mean they're entitled to things like vacation pay, holiday pay, severance notice. Uh, and it won't be at all confusing for the businesses to keep track of people who are employees for these purposes, not employees for those purposes. And let's mm -hmm. hope no one comes up with a third purpose. Yeah, yeah. These are always fun cases uh, to read and explore, hey? We're going to switch gears, though. We're going to talk a little bit about making payments to the CRA and, and what happens if you are late in making your payments, your installment payments. Maybe you're disputing a tax liability and you're holding off making payments now. Well, just a heads up that as that prescribed rate 
increases significantly. We've seen that over the last number of quarters. The interest on which CRA is going to be charging us for those late payments, that's going to be getting very expensive. Right now, we're at 9% interest on those late uh, tax payments to the CRA. And remember, that's non-deductible. Uh, so you're going to have to have a pretty high uh, pre-tax investment return to cover that uh, pretty expensive um interest to uh, or charged by CRA. So just heads up, make those installment payments, get them in on time, make sure they are sufficient uh, so we can avoid these these costs. Now, though, I should remit my September 15th installment. Yeah, get on yes. it, hey? Yes, do it. Please do. Now, the, the final thing that I wanted to talk about here had to do with the replacement property rules. So if you had a, a property that was uh, uh, destroyed, we'll call it, that would be an involuntary disposition. You basically have two years to buy a replacement property. The rules are more specific than that, but but it's about that, uh, to, to get a replacement property. And if you were to do that, you would defer the recapture, defer the capital gain in respect to that original property. If it was a voluntary disposition of a former business property, so you know a little bit more specific wording there, uh, it's about half that time. What we've got here is proposed legislation that has come out uh, basically saying that, that that COVID period from March of 2020 to 2022, we're going to ignore that from those, th th those time limits we've given you for re replacement properties. So effectively, you could have up to three, four years to get this replacement property. So, you know, we still have the ability to, to get these kind of properties. So keep that in mind. Kate, mm -hmm. you know, something that often gets overlooked on that is mm -hmm. with an involuntary disposition, it doesn't have to be used in a business. Mm -hmm. Maybe that's the insurance proceeds on your cabin because it seems like most of the country is on fire right now. Mm -hmm. And if you're going to replace it, you don't have to pay tax on the capital gains. Mm -hmm. Lots of good information there. We're going to include links to all this source material in the uh, show notes. Well, that's all we have time for today. Thank you very much for joining us. The Video Tax News team has been providing Canadian accounting professionals with practical tax information for over 40 years. Subscribe to one of our tax newsletters or join us as we present live and pre-recorded seminars relating to both personal and corporate tax. For more information, go to videotax.com. The preceding information is for general information purposes only and deals with dynamic, time-sensitive, and complex matters that may not apply to particular facts or circumstances. Information provided should not be relied upon as a substitute for specialized professional advice in connection with any particular matter. For more information, go to videotax.com disclaimer. Copyright Video Tax News Inc. 2023. All rights reserved.